1: To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Me and my dad, we don't talk as much as we used to. Ever since we we like talked about COVID and stuff, and I voiced how I was not appreciating how he was handling it. Tensions have been really high. You got rules and regulations for work. Why can't we have that for a family staying healthy? Because we're a family. Why don't we just verbalize it and trust each other? Therein lies the problem, right there. We've been just trying to operate as a family here. It just seems like he's tired of putting effort into maintaining something with me. I don't, I don't really understand what I did wrong. The whole issue here with me and Gabriel isn't that Gabriel doesn't know what's going on, but Gabriel knew what the rules were. We, he, he was gaslighting
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry, recapping the greatest reality television show currently on air, Sister Wives. What a joke. (laughs) What an absolute joke and what a treat and what a privilege it is to be able to watch this absolute narcissist, Cody Brown, just think that he's convincing the world that anything that he says isn't just the absolute manifesto of a madman on the edge and on the brink of losing it all. It's quite a sight to behold. What an adventure we've all gotten ourselves into, you guys. We're so lucky. We're so lucky. Let's talk about this episode. So many things happened. So many dynamics. So many just absolute like jinx level moments uh I mean M. Night Shyamalan this is his wet dream honestly so many twists and turns let's get into it the first thing we see is Cody in a truck by himself on his way to he tells us his friend Brian and um as he describes it Brian's sweetheart Judith's wedding this man are we in our 50s i mean listen i don't need to be like ageist or whatever but i think we're past the age of let me call you sweetheart i think she seems like she has a child the jig is up it just seems very creepy to be calling a grown ass woman somebody's sweetheart she's not 19 and also the implication of that being you know that i can't i can't even get into it we have so much to talk about Cody says that when he's on these long road trips, it's almost like he's in a meditative state and it gives him a lot of time to think. But at this point, he's mostly thinking about his divorce with Christine. So um, any wagers as to whether or not she's going to get blamed for that later? I'm betting on black on that one. I sure am. Um, I wonder if he, Cody, do, do we think that he may have carved out any time to, Think about how to explain the blatant hypocrisy of him going to a wedding when the vast majority of his uh, family dynamic and his mind has been crumbling over his, you know, COVID protocols. Cody says that he did his research and that he has discovered that there are less than 11,000 cases of COVID at this point in the United States. So he feels like the odds are in his favor. This really reminded me of a scene from Sex in the City where I can't remember what Charlotte's talking about, but she says... Something like, you know, I read this thing in a magazine, and Miranda looks at her and says, "What magazine was that?" Convenient theories for you monthly, and you know, it came to mind when when Cody said that. When have there been eleven thousand cases in in the United States since COVID started? Mm, I don't think that's true, Cody. But okay, not even now. (laughs) Do I think that's true? But all right, Janelle says in a confessional that. The travel choices that Cody's making are real uh, interesting to her because Cody and Robin have these very, very strict rules about COVID and yet here Cody is traveling. And then Cody says in a confessional that he thinks it's strange that Janelle is in this headspace because he's sequestered for 15 months, but Janelle and Christine didn't. And he says, you know, the family wasn't getting together before that and they're not getting together now, but it had nothing to do with COVID. And he just feels like it's a gaslighting fallacy or fantasy that Janelle's trying to put on him and that Janelle is like just trying to put hot coals on his head. What? 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 Then it became clear to me that like, I don't think Cody thinks people watch this show, which honestly up until like three years ago, he was probably right about it. There's maybe like 11 of us watching, but I think he genuinely like doesn't understand that this is a television show and that other people are seeing what everybody's saying and not just him. And I don't think he has a perspective that like he's not controlling the whole narrative here. He calls himself the high priest of the family at some point later. I don't think. I think he thinks he's the high priest of the show, and that just like, I I wonder if he thinks that he has uh, editorial control over this show. Um, it's just very strange. He he has no introspection. Like people call him Michael Scott a lot, but it's true. <laughs> It's so true, but it makes sense that Michael Scott, like, doesn't really get it because he's a fictitious character, but yet, Michael, uh, Cody's a whole ass living, breathing, real human being, and yet, still, something's not clicking there. Fascinating to me. Like, does he not remember that literally, since COVID has begun, up until this episode, he's been telling us that the reason why the family is crumbling is because of his strict protocols and that nobody wants to adhere to him and that he's just letting people do whatever they want. And, and now the family's just crumbling because he wasn't ruling with an iron fist and an iron dick or whatever. But now he's saying that that's actually not true. And the family's been shit since before that, and they're still continuing to be that way. And so now everybody's saying that it's just because of COVID who nobody was saying that it was just him is, (laughs) is the actual reason I'm, why this is wild, you guys. This is we are watching some wild, wild stuff, and I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. Then of course we find out the truth, which is that Cody's officiating the wedding. And Christine says in a confessional that when she found out Cody was going to be doing that, at first she was like, Okay, cool, like he's done it before, he's really good at officiating, but then she was like, Wait, what about COVID? Is he gonna be wearing a mask while he's officiating? Are they going to have to follow his rules for COVID? No, that's ridiculous. Of course, of course, they're not going to have to do that. But then Robin says in a confessional that she's really hoping that while Cody's gone, he'll have to do some, um, healing. because he's been a very angry guy lately. So she's hoping that he's healing on the road. I finally gotten a, uh, a handle on the Utah accent now that uh I'm watching a lot of Salt Lake City and with Sister Wives is a soft E and a hard T. Like a, a like healing is healing, feeling is filling. But if you say like, oh I um went to grab a bat, they like I would say bat, but they say bat, like a hard T. So now I got it. And I'm really going to let the chopper spray. Ooh, I, this is going to be a fun. The Utah accent is maybe. Nope, I was going to say my, my least favorite uh, American accent. I'm not going to get there because you guys aren't coming for me. Okay, I caught myself. You're not coming for me. You guys not doing it. <laughs> Y'all can cancel me for something later. Anyway, back at Christine's house. She's now in phase two of helping Truly with the process of moving to Utah, um, you know, dealing with the divorce and that sort of thing. So Truly knows about the divorce now and Christine has decided to start packing in front of her so she gets used to it and gets like a grip on it, right? So then later, Christine says that later that day as she was like doing her first time packing in front of Truly, she went into Truly's bedroom and saw that Truly had through no, uh, you know, at request of christine's started packing things of her own and so then we see a film a, a scene that christine films with truly about her feelings about what's going on right now truly very eloquent in the way that she speaks and very clear about her feelings she's really cracked me up ever since she Um, Cody had that scene where he tries to teach her to ride a bike and she's like, I don't want to do this. Like, this is my body and this is my right. And I don't choose to ride the bike. (laughs) I the way she speaks is so funny to me. Um, so she's telling her mom, like, you know, the first day that I found out I was extremely upset, but I'm fine now. And I just have to realize that not everything is going to change. And really the only big change is that you and dad won't be together. And I just, I also kind of noticed the signs mom that you weren't very happy, but you were also kind of trying to hide it. So I really wasn't sure what was going on, but you know, it was a bit of a heartbreak at first, but I'm okay now. So then Christine reminds truly that she told her you could reach out to your grandma. You can talk to McKelty or Aspen about it because they all know about the divorce. And then Truly says that she actually did reach out to her grandma and to McKelty. Then we get Truly on uh, the confessional couch. And she's like, you know, on one hand, it was really nice to be able to talk to them. But then I kind of started feeling betrayed a little bit because I realized that everybody knew before I did. And, you know, I just feel like I'm going to be most affected by all of these changes. And maybe I should have known a little bit earlier, which i feel you girl i could understand that i i get it christine says in a confessional that she can tell that Truly's trying to be better with it than she thinks that she actually is because sometimes when they talk about it she can hear truly's voice start to catch like in it you know getting a lump in her throat and then she says you know I understand that it was hardest to tell me because I'm the youngest and it would affect me the most. And then Christine says in a confessional that she's just glad that she was able to protect truly from seeing bigger things like her and Cody really fighting in front of her and not getting along. And she really is just upset that truly had to be upset at all. Then we get to Cody in a confessional. <sighs> Everybody just do a little stretch and a deep deep breath for this and he says you know i don't want to say anything bad here because we're going to be sharing children for the rest of our lives but i do believe christine is being very unfair to me especially within this conversation with truly where she's marginalized me in our marriage so much that she's just kind of leading truly into blowing me off so Cody is evidence for this is that he came over to christine's house the day after christine had to talk with truly and he went to talk to her about the situation to check in on her and he says she seemed okay but then he has to make some asshole comments about like well you know I'm not sure what's going on with her because I'm not a psychologist and you know I'm just like a like a shitty parent and he kind of rolls his eyes but he's like you know maybe she just seemed okay because she was trying to bury it down so truly thank god for this reveals the truth about that conversation and she's like um it basically was just not anything more than her dad sitting down and being like, Hey, I heard you found out about the divorce. And she was like, yeah, but I'm fine with it. And he said, okay. And she says they have not had any conversation about it since then. Have we seen any evidence of the children talking shit about Cody In a way that has to do with Christine? Or is it all to do with the fact that he is lacking in their relationships with them? And they're like, dear God, we see it happening with our mom too. And we don't blame her for wanting to leave his ass. Anybody? Cody? We want to answer that? Suki, I hope you... They're having a tell-all and I hope Suki asks like what do you have evidence have the children said anything to you that really indicates that they're angry at you because of things that Christine have said or are they angry with you because of the relationship that you don't foster with them Cody what is it show us the receipts and then Cody comes back and says that he's kind of shocked by the fact that Truly's more upset about moving than about the divorce which really is all about him Like the shock is that she doesn't have a feeling towards him. She's the thing that's really going to accept upset her and shake her world is moving and not, not having you close because even when you are close, you're far. So what does it matter? That should really be another thing, Cody, that maybe you think about and not us. Then Cody says, I wish I could get them to stay. I don't understand really, and maybe Christine has told me ten times, but I just don't understand why she needs to move. Well, she has told you ten times. She's told us ten times. She's probably told production ten times, Janelle ten times, her children ten times each, and, well, the adult ones anyway, and um, definitely you. We've seen it. We've seen her tell you why over and over again. You see, We've seen you act like you didn't know that she was moving even though she a thousand percent told you to her face that she to your face that she was moving to Utah. So really at this point, if you don't really know what's going on with Christine, that's literally because you have buried your bird head into the sand. Literally. You don't want to listen to her. That's not nobody's problem but yours. And nobody's fault but your own. Anyway, then... The scene with Christine and Truly having their conversation ends with Christine trying to make things nice for Truly by telling her what's going to be on the schedule for them. We're going to go to Isabel's. uh, We're going to be driving with her to North Carolina. We're going to be there for a couple weeks. And then after we get back to Arizona, Gwendolyn's going to be moving out a few days later. And so if you want the primary bedroom that Gwendolyn's in, Listen, we're only going to be in that house for a few weeks, but if that's something that you want, you're welcome to it. And he truly is like, No, you know, I don't really need that. I'm okay staying here. Um, Also, I'm making ramen right now. So, can we wrap this up? And Christine's like, Oh, yeah, yeah, let's go. So, (laughs) loved that. So then we get back to Cody. He's in Oklahoma. And he's panicked because instead of thinking about the sanctity of marriage and all of that and what vows he's, or, you know, how he's going to be officiating this wedding that he promised to do. um, You know what? He was just busy thinking about his bitch wife, Christine, leaving him. And now he's got nothing. It's like a kid, uh, you know, the morning before a a book review is due. (laughs) Why can't I think of words? (laughs) A book report, Stu, he's not read a single page of that book. And now he's like, well, shit, how can I blame this on somebody else instead of doing the work that I promised people that I was going to be doing? The footage that we get of Cody as he's like maniacally uh, talking about this is just self-taught. Like he propped the camera up in his hotel room in the bathroom or whatever. and His eyes are ablaze. And, you know, as somebody who used to watch Vanderpump Rules... I haven't seen eyes like that since Jax Taylor was on like you know when he used to sniff things you know <laughs> when he would just be uh, openly high on cocaine on camera and just sweating and ranting to people not since then have I seen a man like this there's tiny tiny um, iris not irises whatever the the black parts <laughs> find your words Kara my god um He's in trouble. He's in trouble. And when Cody's in trouble, that's when he goes full Michael Scott, like laughing, trying to get other people to laugh, you know, like you're you're laughing, but nobody else is laughing and you just like can't talk about what you're trying to point you're trying to make because you keep laughing and nobody's getting it. And it's awkward. And that's what Cody's doing to himself in a hotel bathroom in Oklahoma. And we have to all suffer through it. So Cody's blaming everybody else. He's talking about how Brian and his sweetheart, Judith didn't give him much to work with. And he's at a loss for words. And it's been years since he's uh, preached from the pulpit, so to speak, which I was like, does he just mean that house church that he was doing with the kids? And fortunately Janelle confirmed that yes, that is what he's talking about. She says in a confessional that like, uh, you know, when they moved to Las Vegas, they were kind of forced to do their church from their home. And then she starts talking about how Cody officiated for Maddie and Caleb. And that was a really special moment for him. And it's like, yeah, we know. Cause he's literally obsessed with Caleb. Frankly, I think we should maybe check the marriage records to make sure that Cody didn't accidentally marry Caleb. You know, <laughs> they play footage from the wedding and Maddie and Caleb were kissing. And if you look closely when they do their first kiss, cody's like laser focused on maddie like he's having this moment through maddie with caleb and it is very weird i don't want to be too paranoid but like the way he was just staring at her your own daughter during your first kiss that's creepy dude the janelle says in a confessional that she's not really where she- Sure, where Cody is spiritually, but she knows that he really enjoys officiating weddings, and it's like, yeah, because he's a narcissist <laughs> who requires all the attention to be on him. So Christine throws some shade of her own in a confessional, and she's like, "Well, I would guess that Brian knows that Cody and I are divorcing, and Felix is kind of ironic that he's officiating when his own marriages have failed, like." His marriage with Mary isn't great. Ours is over. I don't really know how he and Janelle are doing, but it's been rocky. Well, maybe he'll give them great wedding advice. I don't know. (laughs) So Cody finally makes it to, to Brian and he tells us about their relationship. Brian does. Brian gets his own confessional moment, which is truly more than, was Mary even in this episode? Briefly. Briefly. Brian, this guy that we've never met, was more in this episode than Mary, more featured in this episode than Mary has the entire season so far. Let's really let that sink in, actually. Um, so Brian's on his couch and he's talking about his relationship with Cody and how he they met like right after Caleb was born. Or not Caleb, right when when Logan was a baby. So he first met him with Janelle, right? They go to another event. he's like oh here's my wife and he's like huh that's not the first one it's christine third event oh here's my wife and it's mary and he's like okay at this point i'm thinking cody's changing wives more than he changes his own shirts so i confront him and i'm like okay i've been introduced to three wives so far like what's going on dude and he's like oh well i have three wives and brian's like oh okay well as long as i don't have to have three wives then we're all good so they've they've I guess I've been friends this whole time. I don't think we've ever seen or heard of Brian before, but whatever. Cody keeps trying to laugh through the pain and make jokes about how, when he first got into his first plural marriage with Janelle, somebody asked him how he felt before the wedding. And he said he felt more nervous than a three-legged cat on a hot tin roof or something. But Janelle tells the truth in her confessional. And it's like, yeah, Cody has mentioned several times that he feels maybe like unqualified to be doing this when so many of his relationships are failing. And then Robin reveals that Cody told her that he was wondering if Brian was making a mistake by getting married and how that really caught her off guard. And then there's this like absolute horror music playing, like like string music, very dramatic in the background as Cody's laughing, or at least trying to laugh about how right before the wedding, I looked over at Brian and was like, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> Nobody else is laughing. No, what is What about that is funny, Cody? I don't even know where the joke is in that. Why are you laughing? <laughs> you don't have to laugh, Cody. You don't have to. He's a weirdo. So now the ceremony is about to begin and Cody's really feeling the pressure. In a confessional, he's talking about how, you know, his job as the officiant is to bring God into the relationship and to help them be stable. And he's just really hoping he can do this, bro. Take a breath. Take a calm down, calm down. Why your job is to bring God into this entire relationship. Sir, I've, like, listen, I know if, like, you have your friend officiate a wedding or a family member and, like, they're not a priest or a pastor or some sort of religious figure. It's, like, a special thing, right? Like, you guys, you know, somebody close to you is officiating the wedding. I get that. But also, I understand that the process of being able to officiate a wedding is just, like, going online and paying a fee. Like, it's really not that deep, Nobody's really holding you religiously responsible for the management of this family. Like the way he bigs himself up and like makes himself so important. (laughs) Like, like this is something that we can laugh at. Why would you be responsible for bringing God into somebody else's relationship? No wonder you're nervous. (laughs) So the ceremony begins, and um, Cody's like, well, I've known Brian for about 26 years and we've been close for about the last 10 or 15 years. And then he looks over at the bride and nudges her and goes, (laughs) you nervous? And she's like, yeah, who are you guys? (laughs) So Brian says that in a confessional, he can tell that Cody's really nervous and Cody's always had issues in his marriage, but he didn't think that it would get to the point where any of them would actually end. So then Cody tries to continue he's like, dearly beloved uh, If Brian And Judith have ever heard me do a sermon (laughs) uh, They probably wouldn't Have asked me to ever do this (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So at this point, poor sweetheart Judith, poor dear Is just now doing that thing where she's Like kind of swaying from side to side And holding her own hands And she's looking out at the crowd And just like, (laughs) I'm in hell (laughs) Poor Judith, our little sweetheart. Cody says in a confessional that officiating this wedding is something that he knows he can pull off, but he's just like, ooh. I really tried not to laugh at this point. (laughs) So he says, I'm just still shocked that Brian wanted me to do this. And yeah, like officiating something is something that I'm used to, or like public speaking or something is something that I'm used to because I used to be a minister and You know, I I am the high priest of my own family, but I'm also a failed priest. I've been defrocked. (laughs) I have my own wives leaving me. And then his speech continues about how humans are imperfect. And let's start with this, you guys. Brian, sweetheart Judith, you can't change people. So then Cody explains in a confessional that when you marry somebody, you can't ask them or push them to change. You just have to accept them as who they are and how too many people have this hope that once you marry somebody, they'll become who you need them to be.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. To get started, visit plushcare.com weight weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all. But when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. Okay, it's like you're halfway, right? It's like, yeah, you shouldn't expect to change people. But also, if you need them to change, don't marry them. Like, if there are a lot of things that you need somebody to change, don't marry them. (laughs) It seems like a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, I guess the other side of that is if you decide to marry somebody, you can't just like sit there and complain about how they are if they've always been that way. I think that's maybe what he meant, but it's not really what he means because he's a narcissist. And also, you know, for people like Cody, like the the you can't ask somebody to change only applies to him, you know, (laughs) then Cody starts to go on about how you can negotiate with your partner, but you shouldn't compromise and how really you should seek a win win situation with your partner where you're both win then cody makes brian and sweetheart judith do their vows promising to listen and negotiate with their lover and wife or husband and robin says in a confessional that cody has um points tended to wait until the last minute or when inspiration strikes him to do something and that it really stresses her out and then she kind of laughs and she's like yeah you know he does that a lot but You know, Cody does do a pretty good job of saying the things that people wish that they could. It's like, well, what does that mean? (laughs) It sounds like you mean he's an asshole, you know? So then Cody claims in the confessional that a demon followed him to Oklahoma. And that he's just really happy that Judith wanted to take Brian's name. And that he just thought that that was like all the confirmation that he needed that this was going to be a good marriage because judith wanted to take his last name that's how you knew it was gonna work that's how he knew it was gonna work you guys like he takes that as a sign of compliance to use his word and that's what he thinks that's oh that's so sick (laughs) he's a sick man he's so weird then we get to the reception if you could even call it that it really just seemed like Cody doing Lord of the Dance while everybody had to like create a perimeter around him and occasionally clap like did anybody else get the dance floor he literally was like like a like they had hired him to like a bar mitzvah dancer or somebody who's like tasked with get the getting the crowd pepped up with like a really like a lame wedding where nobody wants to dance but I think people did want to dance he just was too busy kicking his legs and flailing about for anybody to feel safe doing a two step around him because here he goes like a chopper like a helicopter with his arms you know nobody wants to take one to the eye I certainly wouldn't that was sick he, like, who, who at that wedding did he know, <laughs> other than Brian, that to be holding court like that at the reception? Like, what a weirdo. <laughs> so while this man is uh, referring to himself as the life of the party, we start to get back and forth confessionals between Christine and Cody. Starting with Christine revealing that Gwendolyn and Isabel found out about Cody going to that wedding and they were fucking pissed. Okay. And that Christine was like, how can he justify officiating Brian's wedding when he wouldn't even come to my surgery? So, Cody's response to that is that there's some underlying thing with Christine about why he would go to the wedding, but not Isabel's surgery. But when it was Isabel's surgery time, it would have required him to be away for six to eight weeks. But no man could do that. How could you possibly be away from your job or your family? for that long told on himself on that one and then he's like well at the wedding I was only gone for four days (laughs) okay okay so then cut to Christine who's like you know what now I'm mad what the hell you think you can officiate your friend's wedding but not take care of your own family then back to Cody who says that he just feels like Christine protesteth too much (laughs) not even close to a word and that she's trying to excuse herself by making him the villain and then cut back to christine who's like you know what i don't have to deal with him anymore i'm not married to him I, I i don't i'm not married to him okay but she's like very clenched teeth right so then cody with his own clenched teeth are like you know the lack of love between christine and i was between us was for a reason what reason is it because We've not heard one reason. Oh, oh, sorry. You were betrayed. You were betrayed because she, you heard that she was talking about you to other people. Sorry. Sorry. Let me, let me be fair to Cody. Then back to Christine who says, I'm so glad I'm not married to him because who he is and the choices that he's making. I don't respect this man. And then Cody says that Christine needs a mirror up to her face about the comments that she's making. (laughs) dick he's a dick back in Flagstaff Cody is helping Janelle realign the RV on Coyote Pass Gabe is there to help and Cody's saying that he's feeling like this is going to be about 10 minutes tops right super easy so we find out that the RV has some sort of automatic level button to make sure that everything is good and you know it's even to the ground but Cody and Gabe are, like, kind of getting into it. Cody's claiming nobody knows how to deal with this vehicle, right? Like, they're all freshmen. Um, And he claims that the last time they tried to use this automatic level button, it didn't work. So he's trying to do it manually by doing those, like, construction worker, you know, the long piece of plastic with the liquid inside. So you center it to actually make sure it's level instead of the, the leveler that the RV has. The only bright spot that we get to the scene is Christine saying that now that Janelle's out on Coyote Pass, she's about a mile away from Christine's house. So they've been hanging out a lot together. Janelle will come over to do her laundry or to have coffee or breakfast or whatever. They've been spending a lot of time together. And then we get Robin saying that sometimes she goes on to Coyote Pass and then we see footage of her sitting on a red bench. Where the fuck did that bench come from? (laughs) nobody even lives on that land where did where's where did the bench come from somebody please tell me so there's footage of her sitting on this bench from far away like an old uh spencer and heidi photo shoot from after they got kicked out of the hills like so forced like did you bring the bench yourself (laughs) how did she get that bench I don't get it, but she's staring, looking longingly and saying that she goes out to Coyote Pass and looks at what could be and at her property, her plot of land. And, you know, she could hang out with Janelle, but every time she's been there, Janelle's just not been on the property. Oh, well, (laughs) well, how convenient, how convenient is that? Janelle lives there full time and yet every time you've been there, she hasn't weird could the producers ask Robin if they tried calling If she have you ever tried sending Janelle a text before you got there to see if she was there did you ever like tried to connect with her outside of that also you guys live in the same town why don't you hang out <laughs> interesting Robin real interesting She does say, however, that if Janelle is the one who gets them to move out onto the property, she'll love Janelle forever, because at this point, she just has a hard time believing that anybody's going to move out there. Christine says she was actually really excited to move on to Coyote Pass at first, because as you know, all as a family and settled out there. But then time went on, nothing and nothing and more nothing happened, and then her relationship with Cody just went right into that cistern, didn't. So there she is with that. She wants nothing to do with Coyote Pass. And Mary says it. she thinks that there's a reason why they haven't done anything and that it probably just comes down to the fact that you guys don't have money to pay the property off. I wonder, I think that might be what it is. The fact that we can't even afford to pay the property on this... <laughs> So, at that point, we can't even move forward. God, I wonder if that might be what it is. But Mary also says, for her anyway, there's like a lot more family stuff that needs to be worked out before the property stuff. But frankly, moving out to Coyote Pass is the last thing on her mind. And I wonder if she's including herself in this. We never really talk about Mary's issues with the rest of the family mostly the older kids and how they don't like her um i just feel like we just briefly touch on that every once in a while but we haven't really dug deep on that and i would like to know let's get let's get uh maddie on the couch and ask her about her relationship with mary please i'd love to know ask her about those tweets that she she posted and deleted about how like some people in the family are like evil let's talk about that maddie Let's get into it. Anyway, so we have been watching footage of uh, Gabe and Cody try to uh, fix and level the RV this whole time. And Cody's been in a snippy, shitty mood. So we get to the point where finally they're trying to get the level in place. And Gabe makes a comment that how Cody wants to kick him out but he's the only one who knows how to fix this rv so cody says in a confessional that gabe doesn't know anything about how to level it and he hasn't ever driven the rv so he knows nothing and then he kind of snaps at gabe and he's like uh, well uh, 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 you know i don't really know what he said but it was basically the equivalent of him grunting and so gabe says and this is You know, what I have been asking for, like, let's get more updates on Goofus and Gallant and their relationship with their dad. So thank you, Goofus. Thank you. He tells us that basically he and his dad don't talk as much as they used to and that ever since he voiced how he didn't appreciate how his dad was handling the COVID protocols, tensions have been really high between them. And then Gabe says it just seems like he's just tired of putting effort into our relationship and I don't understand what I did wrong. You know what, Goofus? Gabriel, hear me. You did nothing. You did nothing wrong. No child should have to ask the question of what they did wrong to the fact that their parent doesn't want to communicate with them anymore. Unless like you really did some fucked up shit. <laughs> which you did not, Gabe. Like the fucked up thing that you did, and I'm using air quotes in here, is uh uh try to get the family together. Try to keep them together and also stand up for your mother because you felt like she was not being respected by your dad. That's what you quote did wrong. So don't feel bad about that. You're, you're on the side of that. And that really fucking sucks. It sucks that your dad's an asshole. That's a really hard and bitter pill to swallow, but you did nothing wrong. You know, I will believe I'm a firm believer that like, it is always the parents responsibility to foster a, Good and healthy relationship with their child. It's not the child's responsibility, even if they're adults, like, even if you're a whole 50 plus and your parent is in their 80s. Like, if something's going down, it is their responsibility. I don't think it's yours. That might be a hot take to some people, but like, especially in this case, those children have done nothing wrong. Okay. And he's punishing them because. They're simply not doing what he wants, which is complete and total adoration on their part, which is why he's got uh, Brianna and Aurora stuck in that house. And frankly, they need to get out because they, you know, (laughs) they were acting like assholes last week with Savannah. And that I don't think would happen if they got around some other people their age to see how like, people act in normal places because his their biggest examples are robin and cody like let's really think about that get those kids back into school <laughs> get them back into school and see how some normal people behave oh. and yes i know that one of them already graduated high school already but get her back <laughs> get her, billy madison just for like another year so we can work out the kinks that her, their parents have been uh putting in them okay So the episode winds down with Christine and Cody talking about how they're going to be dealing with Christine's plot on Coyote Pass. So earlier, Christine had said that they had not had a discussion, she and Cody, but in her mind, she feels like she's going to take the proceeds from the house that she currently lives in in Flagstaff and that the family can have her property on Coyote Pass. The easiest possible situation. So Cody comes over to talk. He's wearing like work gloves when he comes in, like the kind you wear if you're like cutting, I don't know, uh, plants or whatever, you know, like shears and whatever, you know, like outdoor gloves. (laughs) And then he takes them off like real gruffly and just like plops them on the, on the ground of her floor. Like, what? (laughs) Who was he so weird? Um, So he's like plopping down on that couch, throws his gloves on the floor, and he oh god christine informs cody that they're going to be she's going to be keeping the house in flagstaff i guess whatever happened with gwendolyn's living plans fell through it's not working she can't find roommates because she's not really on campus to meet people so she's thinking the best situation would be Gwen's gonna stay in the house they'll rent it out to two other people the house is set up in a way that they can like separate the other people from the rest of the house. So when Christine and truly come to, uh, from Utah to visit, they'll have their own space. And Christine will be like the fourth roommate. Cody says in a confessional that this whole divorce has really spun his head off his neck. Unfortunately, not literally. So he's trying to think of the right thing to say. So he tells Christine that after some very, like after some very long and dramatic pauses, that he feels like she should sell her house, the one that she's currently living in, to help pay off Coyote Pass so that Janelle can start building her home. Christine says in a confessional, if I'm going to sell off my house, the proceeds are going to go towards me and the next house that I purchase. So if I sell, I'm not going to put that money into Coyote Pass. Why the hell would she? Why would she? Like that ship has sailed for me. I'm not putting any money into that property. So Cody says in a confessional that the issue with that is that the family purchased the house. And it's not just his house was Christine. But Christine says that she's the only person who's been making payments on the house. So Cody says later that. Christine's finances weren't up to snuff when they moved to Flagstaff. And so he and Robin, (laughs) who I guess is the family, um, paid the down payment for the house. And yeah, Christine has been paying the mortgage since then, but they should at least get their down payment back. So what Cody does is come up with this convoluted scheme in which Christine sells her house. And then eventually she's going to sell the plot on Coyote Pass back to the family and I guess get the money from that. But why wouldn't the easiest thing just be like, sell the house, give Cody whatever they got for the down payment, and then move on? Like, why do we have to be doing, going to point A to point C to D to Z to F to G? Like, why do all this shit? It just, isn't that the easiest thing? Like, am I not, am I crazy here? <laughs> like, I feel like ultimately Christine is giving them something by giving them that land that they can then do whatever with or that or sell it right. Just sell the land. Like why does she have to be involved? Like it just seems like a lot of uh, rules for nothing, which we should not be surprised about. Like this is very much the Cody Brown way trademark that. But also if it was part of the family money that gave her the down payment and not just him and Robin, then isn't that part her money too? So then like, yeah, I kind of feel like she really doesn't owe you guys money, you know. <laughs> like at this point, if she's been paying all the money towards the the, the mortgage, then after like what she's now sunk into it, it's pro- you're probably about even, you know. Because if we're if we're gonna be making a big deal about the family paying the down payment, then why aren't they also cutting in on the mortgage, you know? This is very stupid. I mean, this is clearly just Cody like trying to stake his claim. And oh man, I had to do some research. And Cody, oh my god, this man needs to get off the internet immediately. So Cody says that he's going to try to get truly a room at one of the houses. I mean, well,. There's only one house. I'll be getting truly a room at Robin's house. And then he says that he and Christine have to come up with a custody agreement or else truly will become owned by the state of Arizona. (laughs) And Christine's like, really? And Cody's like, yeah, I mean, it's really stupid, but yeah, she will become a ward of the state and uh, the state of Arizona will own her. Okay. So Cody reveals in a confessional that he was just looking up custody as he's been saying a couple times. And so he's, in his words, decided to get creative with how he disseminates information to Christine. And then he says, there's this thing in the manosphere that if you're getting a
1: divorce, you're getting screwed, bro. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.
0: And I thought, let me Google what Manosphere meant. And the first thing, first result, was a Wikipedia about Manosphere. And yet again, I was right. I have been telling you guys that Cody has been getting his information about divorce and custody from Reddit And, like, 4chan. And so, according to the Wikipedia, the Manosphere is a collection of websites, blogs, and online forums promoting masculinity, misogyny, and the opposition to feminism. Communities within the Manosphere include men's rights activists, incels, men going on their own, which is another uh, organization that has its own... um, or whatever. I could not bear to look at it. Uh, that's chilling. And uh, pickup artists and father's rights groups, which is probably what Cody's been looking at. So the Wikipedia goes on to say that the manosphere overlaps with the far right and with alt-right communities and has been associated with online harassment and has been implicated in radicalizing men into misogynist beliefs and the glorification of violence... Against women. And then it says that the manosphere can be reduced to one uh, to one the corruption of... Excuse me. The manosphere can be reduced to one the corruption of modern society by feminism in violation of inherent sex differences between men and women. And two, the ability of men to save society or achieve sexual prowess by adopting a hyper-masculine role and forcing women to submit to them. (laughs) Remember when he sat around and told his wives that he's going to start enforcing the patriarchy back on them? He's talking, oh my god, you guys. I like, I got the fucking chills when I read that. Uh, I have never heard of the manosphere, like, oh. Free, free Cody. Some, Brianna, Ariella, and Solomon, if you hear me. Google how to change a Wi-Fi code and change it, okay? And don't tell your daddy what the new code is. And that is the best we can hope for. That's the best shot you got. This man talks about the manosphere as if it's a real (laughs) and reliable space. This man is spending his hours in the uh, closet or huffing fumes over in the garage, going on to 4chan and different forums, figuring out ways of how to like, how, oh my God. Oh my God, (laughs) you guys, I cannot believe he said that. Oh my God. So back to uh, Cody straight up lying and telling her that uh, we're going to have little orphan truly if we don't get a custody in line. Christine's like, gosh, that rule sounds really weird, Cody, especially because we've never been legally married. Why would we need to draw up a custody agreement? And Cody's like, well, it actually doesn't matter. It doesn't. We just have to have at least a 50-50 agreement and just work out the details over time. Otherwise, you're going to have to get a lawyer. The government will get involved and the lawyer's going to take all the money you have. That's true. It's 100% true. The camera is like a tight shot on Christine's face where she's just like squinting at him like, what? <laughs> like, this really doesn't sound true like the meme of the lady with the math going around her like this is christine trying to figure out what the hell bullshit is coming out of cody's mouth so (laughs) my god he's a madman you guys he's a madman so christine says in a confessional i always want cody to be around his kids i'm not gonna fight him on that so it really doesn't make any sense whatsoever that he thinks that I don't want him to be around the kids or that I don't want him to be around truly what it really comes down to is I don't think Cody doesn't trust me and now we said it cut to Cody in a confessional saying no I don't trust her like how am I supposed to trust her like what's the next move that she's going to be making against me so Christine tells Cody that she doesn't really think that lawyers need to be involved like at all (laughs) And Cody's like, well, I mean, I do think that they need to write the custody agreement. You know, divorces aren't usually that nice. And Christine's going back to a state that'll come after me. So she's like, okay, well, let's draw stuff. And he's like refusing. He's like, we're not going to be drawing up any papers in Utah. Everything that we do has to be done in Arizona because Utah is the most hostile state towards polygamists. And, you know, they're going to take his money and and whatever boyfriend that uh, he's made up in his mind is like just pilfering money from him and Robin. So Cody claims another reason why he doesn't trust Christine is because she claimed to be benevolent in trying to pack his stuff up from her house and put it in the garage. But he doesn't really think that she was trying to be benevolent because she's not to be trusted. So even though Cody fully admits that if she had given him the option to move his stuff out himself, he would have completely not done it. (laughs) He thinks that she's not being good enough. So Christine's trying to play ball with him about this custody agreement. Cody refuses to do anything on paper in Utah, like I said, and that everything has to be done in Arizona. And then they talk more about like truly getting a room in Robin's house. And Christine's like, yeah, I mean, I think that truly would actually be really excited about that. Then she says, I think it's great for her to have a room uh, at Robin's house because Cody will actually pay attention to her. He'll actually spend time with her since he really doesn't do that now. Mm. The episode ends with Christine saying that she doesn't want to get a lawyer involved, but if Cody's going to talk about it, then she guesses she's going to have to. And she really doesn't want to do that because again, they're not legally married anyway. So it really doesn't feel necessary. And yeah, Christine, I'm with you. Like I'm pretty, (laughs) well, first of all, (laughs) We no everybody no nobody on this planet thinks that truly is going to be a ward of the state. An eleven year old child is just going to be given up to the state because their parents couldn't agree on shit. Secondly, Christy's right. Like if they were to bring this to the lawyers, they're going to be like, "Technically, you guys were never legally married. You've basically been co-parenting the entirety of your relationship. So if you guys can figure this out without getting us involved, then you can." And also like. For 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 what Cody's saying to be true, it would mean that like there is some sort of custody police that the, these people are going to find out that uh, Christine and Cody have not officially filed for a formal custody, <laughs> and and they're going to come knocking on the door to pick up Truly and send her to the orphanage. Like, what? the man is psycho. Man is really psycho. And I just wish that, like there was some legal precedent that would just like strap him to the chair and get like every week a um like it just a round table of of different people sharing their opinions and thoughts about the episode and and the maniacal state in which Cody um, acts. And I just wish that he really was forced to take all of that in there's a spinoff for you right there, TLC. There's a spinoff for you right there. Hmm. Um, what do you have stuff to talk about? Oh, uh, 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 Logan got married. Logan got married, I think on the 22nd of October and seems like the whole family was there. Fortunately, some of you guys sent me videos and pictures cause I wasn't going to be looking at that myself. Uh, but it seemed like they had a nice wedding. Uh, Gabe was the, no, excuse me, Garrison AKA Gallant was the uh flower boy slash beer fairy. It seems like he was uh passing out PBRs to the to the crowd, um, including his father, which is how I noticed that Cody and Robin were sitting together and seemingly nobody else in the family. So um I got some viewers. I, I always like, I should ask if you guys want me to say your name, but uh one of you reached out to tell me what the uh, seating chart was like with the family, excuse me, the family um, in terms of the dynamics, because the pictures that I saw at first were Janelle with the whole family, like all of her kids, not Cody. And then a picture of Christine and Janelle together. So to me, I was like, oh, I don't even know if Cody's there. I didn't even notice until we got uh, till I saw that video of Garrison. So, in terms of the seating chart, Mary was sitting beside Janelle, Christine was right behind them, and then Cody and Robin and then their kids were sitting on the other side. So, seems like a house divided. Like, we really have to think about Logan being Janelle and Cody's kid. So, you would think that at least on this day, Cody and Janelle would be a united front and would be acting like the official mother and father and like, you know, as a couple for this wedding, but does not seem like that's the case, which... Janelle, do you have something to tell us, ma'am? Please do. Please do. Next week's episode looks really exciting. Mary, again, (laughs) addresses the fact that People just come in droves to ask her, why are you still in this family, ma'am? And this is a point where Robin has to emotionally manipulate her into continuing, even though everybody on this planet knows that she would be much healthier and better off leaving them. Stay tuned. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking.